Welcome to another episode of the Miles Offside Podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nonsense. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy From Afar, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Quiz Wizard Chuck Bailey and Super Producer, that's right, he's back, baby, Ian Stimson! Stimmers, welcome back, bud, how you doing? How's, uh, how's it feel uh, not playing hooky and skipping this week? Yeah, no, nice. Uh, th- thanks for holding the fort. And... and- it annoyed me how well you edited as well, actually. I was hoping it would sound terrible. Uh, there, there was extra reverbs. The, the jingles were in. I was, yeah, it, it was annoying. It was annoying. But yeah, good to be back. Yeah, and shout out uh, to me on that echo on the Lukaku thing. I was very proud of myself for doing that little uh, booming announcer type voice. So, you know. Yeah, you also released it needlessly in stereo. So sorry if anyone couldn't uh, download it because it was so massive. But, yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Honestly, if that's the biggest mistake I made editing, then I'm pretty happy. I mean, you did give me a cheat sheet, which was like, click this button, then click this button, then click this button. I was like, oh, this is pretty idiot-proof. All right, great. You too could be a sound engineer. Yeah, exactly. I didn't even need to go to college for it. Uh, yep. Chuck, how you doing, man? How you doing? Like, you know, we got Ian back. How are you feeling oh, about are we, that? Are we starting the podcast now? Or are we just doing boring edit chat? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. I fell asleep. This is my dream, is Chuck. We want to talk about football. So much chaotic football. You can shove your fucking bubbles up your ass, West Ham, you pricks. <laughs> Top of the league. What? Not anymore. Yeah. Back, baby. What? Palace scored a goal then. Two goals. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Can, we, can we hurry up and do news and everything so we can laugh at Arsenal? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Chuck has agendas. I want business. Let's get down to business. All right, let's fucking get to it then. Uh, if you are joining us for the first time, thank you. We are very happy to have you. Welcome. We are one American and two Brits, and we try to talk about the Premier League, but mostly get distracted. And we like to kick things off around these parts with a very, very special segment known as <coughs> Rapid, Rapid, Rapid Fire News. Our top story this evening, Pep Guardiola has said that he will be leaving City in 2023 and having a break. How do you guys feel about that? Just I, I should take this time to announce, by the way, that I will be taking a break from the podcast in 2023 as well. Me and Pepper going on a, on a journey together, <laughs> vacation around the world. So I hope that's okay with you guys. Romantic, um, like some sort of couples retreat. Yeah, something like that. We're gonna we're gonna eat, pray, love. We're gonna find ourselves. We're gonna mm. find ourselves and each other. And a new stat. Yeah, we're gonna invent some new metric. I don't know. Is Pep into stats? I don't feel like he is. It doesn't give me that vibe. No, it's more shape, is it? Yeah, he's a tactics guy. He sees the he sees the world as vibrations and colors and and tastes sounds and uh, and hears words. What? Um, <laughs> yeah, some people have music synesthesia. He has like football synesthesia. He can taste football. <laughs> he can taste it. Yeah. Oh, um, nom, 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 delicious goals. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, he's never been at a club more than four years anyway, and he's going into year five now. So. He's gonna get literally get that seven year itch and fuck off. So fair enough. He does. He does like a year off too. He took a year off before going to City after Munich, just like living his life in New York City around and about, eating lots of baked goods. Do you think twenty twenty three is when uh, UEFA come back in with the FFP stuff? Or I think that's probably <laughs> what it is. <laughs> oh, that's out the window, man. Once PSG got on the board of directors at UEFA. Inter- I'm pretty sure they like appointed the head of PSG as the guy in charge of punishments for money stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Chelsea got that message. Look how much we spent in the last two summer windows. Like the the days of big oil are fucking back, baby. Let's do it. <laughs> 
Will they have a gun? Uh, anyway. Yeah. Oh my God. That's why the Lone Army exists. Are you kidding? We were like cooking the books for a solid decade. There. I meant, so, I meant more generally. Pe- I meant more generally in the world of the days of big oil ever been gone. Oh no, anyway. no, 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 no. Those will only end when we're gone uh, as humans. Yeah. But so let's say Pep gets to 2023. He wins another title, like maybe even two. Um, no, one title, one of the next two titles, and they make a Champions League <laughs> final, but they don't win. How do you guys feel about his like completed tenure at City at that point? I don't think he goes if, if he hasn't won a Champions League, and there is, you know, reason to think that Man City are, are still, you know, top of their game. I think I think that's going to be something that would bother him. So I think I think he stays until they win a Champions League, unless he sees that there's no possibility of it. But I mean, they've been so crushingly dominant for quite a while now. It just, yeah, I can't see it changing. So yeah, until they win a Champions League. I don't think he goes. I just think because in 2023, he's probably going to have to try and reinvent the wheel again. And he's like, oh, I just don't have it in me. So, you reckon? Yeah, I'll just take a year out then. He's had to adapt. He's changed the English football. He's then come in, changed with COVID ball. Then he's got Tuchel and Klopp's probably what, not going to fuck off. What does City do, and, though? Do, do they, <laughs> what does City do? Do they bring in Arteta as caretaker for a year or what? Oh, Tuchel Jesus will be Christ. fired by Chelsea by then. You know, we only go 18 months with any manager. So he has, this is Tuchel's last season. So he'll definitely be free and available. And the only caretaking <laughs> Arteta's doing at City is like literally groundsman. So it's, it's just not <laughs> Do the lines on the pitch. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, where do you guys have Pep at like all-time Premier League managers rank? Is he second behind Sir Alex? Is he third? Like who, where, where would you guys put him? I mean, to me, obviously, Sir Alex is number one. I guess probably people would say Wenger or Mourinho would be number two, just given like their tenures. But like, what's Pep's sort of legacy, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. Um, Yeah, he's quite good, isn't he? Uh, Four. (laughs) Fourth. Okay, great. (laughs) You mentioned three managers, Chuck just puts him underneath them. Yeah. It's tricky, though, isn't it? Because of, of, of the situation he's in. I mean... You with so many, so much resources at your disposal. I, I know it's sort of churlish to say, but I think most managers would make a stab of it at Man City, wouldn't they? I I don't know. It's it's hard to judge him as against Alex Ferguson as well, because like, like Chuck said, he he gets Pep has his sort of four or five year runs or whatever he does, and then takes a break. Alex Ferguson reinvented that team three or four times you know it was sort of such a big deal so I, I don't know it's so hard to compare them it really is um well speaking of tricky comparisons and limitless resources that's actually a great transition to our next story uh due to the latest uefa coefficient rankings infinite money league un or ligun uh is no longer considered a top five league it's dropped to sixth place in the league rankings behind the portuguese league so we have the premier league at the top then la liga Hmm, for now. Uh, Syria A, Bundesliga at fourth, which is pretty insane, if you ask me, according to the UEFA coefficients, but whatever. And then uh, now Portugal. So shout out France, man. Yep, great. Is that it? Can we move on? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, are we going to see a mass exodus of all players from France to La Liga now, since La Liga is number two? Don't care. Don't care. Like, literally, Messi goes to PSG, blah, blah, blah. Don't care. Irrelevance. Boring league. Don't care about PSG. As reticent as I am to support Chuck in his just meh, 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 move on. But like, I have no interest in Messi in League uh, the sixth best league in the world. 
Probably not. I mean, the championship's probably above it. Um, but, uh, <laughs> although anyone who watched Peterborough West Brom will not say that. Uh-oh. Jesus Christ. So, yeah. Anyway, um, I, I genuinely don't have much interest. I'm, I'm with the complete unromantic crowd. Don't care about Messi and PSG. No. Man, bunch of heathens. We, we are <laughs> blessed, blessed to live in the age of Messi. And Absolutely. you're like, eh, I don't need to see him. Who cares? It's only the greatest soccer player of all time. Yeah, Can't believe but, it. But playing, but playing in that league, it's just I mean, doesn't it's matter. It's Lionel fucking Messi. If you get a chance to watch him in an exhibition match, you watch him. I would. Nah. How, many more, how many more years of Messi do we have left? It can't be that many. I'll, I'll watch it on my deathbed. It'll be on YouTube, won't it? Okay, there you go. <laughs> uh, oh, this. Uh, speaking of the French league, this uh, touches on something that happened basically as we were recording last week. So it just came out, but there has been a follow up to it. Authorities have ordered a four match stand closure. And arrested a man after the ugly scenes that in uh, Nice's league on game with Marseille that caused the game to be abandoned. Um, I don't know if you either of you missed this. I'm sure you didn't. But there was fans throwing bottles, and then uh, Dimitri Payet threw a bottle back into the crowd, and there was a mm, tiny riot. Shit got real. Yeah, shit got real scary real fast. Assistant manager came out punching fans. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sam Pauli was trying to kick off and fight. Nice re- was it Nice refused to come out again and they got a 3-0 loss because a load of fans started to riot against them so that's good times a uh, bunch of pricks but um yeah that was interesting literally happened as we were recording last week typical <laughs> yeah and some Marseille players were actually injured according to the BBC um Fuck, really yeah so that's like really scary like once a mob gets going anything can fucking happen I'm thinking and it reminded me of I don't know if you guys saw the documentary about this um in basketball in the early 2000s in Detroit there was a brawl that like went into the stands and started involving fans because someone threw a beer at a player and then it was a whole thing. Um, and there's a really good documentary on Netflix about it. So check it out. Yeah, I only saw, heard about that about two weeks ago before this happened because I think that's when it came out on Netflix and then just coincidentally, at the same time, we get one <laughs> in football. Yay. Yeah, I wonder if the players had watched the documentary and it was like in the back of their minds, they didn't even realize, you know, like subconsciously, they were like, you know what? I am going in the crowd and fucking these people up. Like, fuck those guys. <laughs> <laughs> Such a thin line between, you know, society and just absolute chaos, isn't there? Yeah, this I mean, it. the last two years have shown that to be very much the case. <laughs> oh, man. Um, let's keep going then. Um, the Premier League says that its clubs have reluctantly but unanimously decided not to release players for matches in red list countries during September's international break. Yeah. Uh, under current UK government rules, players would be forced to miss several games because of the 10-day isolation period required on return to the UK. Uh, including the first round of Champions League fixtures for the Champions League clubs. And obviously, one to two Premier League games, depending on what day they get back. I think South American people would be missing two Premier League games and potentially a midweek Champions League fixture. Um, Since then, there have been some developments of players that just fucking decided to go anyway. Uh, So it will be very interesting to see what the clubs do with that. I think Richarlison was one that he just like fucked off to Brazil and was like, I'm going. You guys can't stop me. Well, it's not like Richarlison to throw all of his toys out of the pram, is it? No, they probably don't care after he tried to take the penalty the other, uh, this <laughs> no, week. No, but... For the record, I'm bad at names, so it probably wasn't Richarlison, because you know that Brilliant. I never know. No, who it probably, anything, was. But... probably was. <laughs> you said Brazil, it probably yeah. is. Aston Villa had Buendia and Martinez go, um, but the main problem with South America and the reason the clubs kicked off was because the Federation just shoehorned in a third game. Um, in case so they wouldn't just be playing two games yeah which would mean that the players are playing effectively at like 2am 
Friday morning UK to then come back and play on Saturday, but can't because it's red list country. So that's when they'd miss two fixtures. So Aston Villa have already resigned themselves to losing them against Chelsea. Yeah, Lukaku against Aston Villa without Martinez. <laughs> just like, oh, wow. Okay. Or Buendia. Like, just no ball well, retention. Yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't mind that, but I also <laughs> don't want Chelsea to be missing players for our first Champions League. Uh, we should then move on to some much less entertaining news, but stuff that should be talked about and covered. Uh, nonetheless, we'll start off with the Benjamin Mendy story, if anybody missed this. Uh, Manchester City footballer Benjamin Mendy has been charged with rape. The 27-year-old defender has, was charged with four counts of rape and one count of sexual assault. The charges relate to three complaints over the age of 16 and are alleged to have taken place between October 2020 and August this year. Um, obviously, that's fucking horrifying and terrible and fuck that guy. Uh, but also, uh, City knew about it as of no, mm. like as early as last November and we're still playing him for nine months. I'd kind of forgotten about this, but this was when people, they came out with a similar thing that they did when they, you know, when they said about the thing with an Everton player getting suspended, like, oh, a player who lives in this area and plays in this city and blah, 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 blah. They, do you remember when it came out and people were saying it was Mason Greenwood and all of those no, things? No, I don't it was remember like that nine at all. months ago. I saw a few bits, but it was that was apparently Mendy then. And so the big thing that's come out now is that City knew about it for all this time. He's still been playing. He's still been out. And obviously that happened back then nine months ago. And the latest incident is like this week or a couple of weeks ago, mm. which has yeah. led to the arrest. So, uh, I mean... It's kind of hard to know what to say in this situation. Obviously, the prosecutions are ongoing, but there's clearly serious merit to behind it. And it's to me, it's quite frankly disgusting if, if City have tried to do whatever they can to hide this and blow over it. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously, this is the treatment that's happened. And at the same time, you've got all this stuff about Cristiano Ronaldo and his similar situation, which he there are statements that were in De Spiegel where he admitted um, that the lady had said no. Um, and please stop. It, that's that's kind of that's kind of whitewashed over because it's fine because like he scores a lot of goals and makes a lot of money um and you know potentially because he's not black who knows why if that's the reasons or not but fucking um, Juve had to had to change their summer tour plans or cancel their summer tour plans a few years ago because like Ronaldo can't set foot in the US without getting taken in for questioning he's not going to be arrested yet uh but he's going to be taken in for questioning regarding that rape case so like he can't set foot in the US without like getting detained so Juventus, instead of like, I don't know, I don't even know what they could have done there, but like they were like, oh, let's change our summer plans and continue to defend this player and be like, hey, he's innocent, he's a good guy, blah, blah, blah. Like, fuck all of that and fuck Man United and fuck, you know, whatever. But like, sorry, Chuck, I, I cut you off there. What were you saying? No, no, no. That's absolutely, you keep going, mate. It's just the, the toxicity and the feeling of need to close ranks. There is no closing ranks around this situation. There is no devil's advocate in this situation. These are charges that have been put forward and we fully support um, th those victims and, and applaud them as well for coming forward and would like it to be known that uh, we fully support anyone in those situations and if, if there ever is a need for us to talk uh, or so you need someone to talk to our DMs are open we're always here for you yeah very much and honestly I took the Ronaldo transfer story out of the rundown because fuck that guy I don't want to give him coverage I don't want to talk about him he will inevitably come up when like he does like a 95th minute goal that wins over some team or whatever but like for the most part, I don't really want to have takes on him and fuck him. 
and fuck United for bringing him in. Like, full stop. And fuck the discourse of, like, oh, off the pitch, he's such an example. And some, I mean, oh, man, some of it's been grim. Uh, Solskjaer saying... Uh, what a what a great human he is, and and Ugh, Gary horrible. Neville saying what a what a great example he is off the pitch. Uh, no one expect you know he played with him, he's friends with him. No one expects him to maybe sell him, throw him under the bus, although maybe he should. But it's just oh, it's just painful to hear, isn't it? It's just like no. Really and the thing not. for me too has been the like mainstream media coverage. Like, fine, I know that like there's very specific and like more tricky laws around what you put in print and what you say about people regarding sort of legal cases. Uh, what's the word that I'm trying to think of? Li- libel. Libel, libel. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, in England, the rules are a little different, I think. But fucking mention it that, like, he's being investigated or that there is this thing. Like, it's it's not even – that should, first of all, be the first thing you say is, like, hey, this guy has this thing going on, but fine. Let's get out of the way and then we can talk about soccer if we want to talk about the soccer of it. But, like, nowhere has any major media outlet done anything about like putting that in their stories or like saying anything about it like it's just it's just i feel like there's like a lot of people that don't even know that it's a thing yeah and like that's that's crazy but yeah like chuck said um believe victims uh we're here if people need to talk to us i don't know why you would want to talk to us about anything but we are always here um and i'm gonna do as much as possible to not talk about that fucking guy but uh, I do, however, want to talk a whole lot about Manchester City 5, Arsenal 0, Manchester City 3.8 to Arsenal's 0.1. Uh, gentlemen, are <laughs> Arsenal the worst team in the history of the Premier League? Oh. <laughs> Take it away, Chuck. <laughs> are you the 21st century derby? Um, I'd like to preface this by saying um, I have messaged Adam um, and just warned him. And said, you know, I it's almost at the point, almost at the point where I really do feel sorry for him. Um, because it's just fucking horrible. Like, <laughs> so bad. So bad. Like, you can blame injuries or Arteta can say he doesn't want to blame injuries. And then you get these players back and then you don't. Oh, no, it was um, it was a referee in this week. It was a referee, oh, was it referee this, week? this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah all, because the referee, the referee yeah. has the influence on five goals. All five. In fairness, that dude did get punched in the face in the build-up to that. Okay, goal. okay, no, that's fine, Oscar. Chalk one of them off. Four nil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I, I, I still I, get I'm relegated. Just saying, in fairness to that complaint, like that was straight up. The dude got punched in the face, and then Var looked at it and was like, "Nah, it's Arsenal. It's fine. Don't worry about it." <laughs> He deserved it. Instant um, relegation. I was trying to the match of the day challenge this weekend because I was out at these concerts with with my family and stuff, and I was queuing for a beer, and it was about uh, I don't know, it must have been about half past one on Saturday, and uh, there were guys talking to me about football, and I tried not to hear, and then when one of them, when I heard four nil. Um, I went, well, fuck it. I'm just going to have a look and see what's going on. <laughs> um, as I looked, it went to 5-0. Um, and I saw, like, Granite Xhaka had been sent off. Oh, and City, City were on, like, 81% possession. <laughs> and Arsenal yeah. had had one shot off target. And, like, yeah. the collapse is fucking real, guys. Like, this is awful. Everything at every level of this club seems to be coming to a head at the minute. Um, you know, I will still stand by what I said that I feel that they've thrown Arteta in there as a dumpster fire to try and be a distraction. Um, but now, how just, many it, years can they just like 
let this but guy it's gone from a dumpster fire to like the house is on fire now the garage is on fire and the grounds <laughs> are going as well the and fire like, truck is on fire at this point the fire truck is, <laughs> the fire extinguisher is on fire as well like we're all fucked and you know they've got like because all the transfer sagas going on at the minute, and uh, you know, we'll disclose now. Like we're recording on Monday night, we're not going to cover any transfer stuff because you know the window closes tomorrow. So we'll look at that next week. But there's there's players where like I know Palace are like bidding on Eddie Nketiah, who is currently injured and about to go into the last year of his contract, and so Arsenal are demanding like twenty million quid, and we're like, no, we're not paying that. It's ten. They go, okay, he's not going anywhere. Like. You've got all these players. Ainsley Maitland-Niles has just come out on on his Twitter and said, I just want to go somewhere where they want to play me and I can play football because they blocked Everton's loan proposal for him um, because he, you know, and he just wants to play. And you've got all these players that are coming through that are just being failed by this system of just not playing their best players or overpaying on players that they shouldn't buy like ben white do you see that william is walking away with a 70 percent pay cut canceled his contract he ripped it up like they he passed up on like 20 million pounds to just fucking leave just like i can't fucking be here anymore. even he's like you know what like i'm done but i mean it's at, at least he's consistent with his performance on the pitch he isn't trying to be a snake he's just like like he clearly doesn't want to be there so he's like you know what guys we're cool I'm just going to, let's just get rid of these two years. You don't need to pay me any settlement. I'm going to go back to Brazil. I'm going to join Corinthians. Like, we call, we out. You, you, you need to sort your own shit out right now. (laughs) My work here is done. I love that. Just goes in. You've got a lot going on right now. You you don't need me. I'm just going to, you won't even hear me go. See you later. See you later. Don't worry. I'll I'll pack up my desk. I'll um, (laughs) I'll turn off the lights on the way out. Yeah, it's it's bad times. Bad times. Oscar, you've probably um, prepared some stats as well, I'm guessing. I do I do have some numbers ready to go. Yeah, I'll get to that in a second. Um, but just to be nice for a little bit, because I too am getting a little bit worried about our good friend Adam's mental health <laughs> during this say, crisis. So if we've got any new listeners, Adam is a listener who's been with us since the start. He's, he's at 35who on Twitter. And... God love he's, him. He's, he's an intelligent. One of, he's one Arsenal of the most fan. intelligent, yeah. quick-witted, lovely people you will ever Very meet. Very handsome or talk as well, to. ladies. If you're in the if you're in the young guy in London, beautiful young he's man. He's been a guest. He's been a guest on this podcast. He is an absolutely wonderful bloke. But fuck, is he going through the ringer at the minute? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so speaking of being nice, right? That's what I was kind of driving towards. Yeah. Do we not give them any sort of? a break in our mental accounting of their current level of play because they've played the two two best teams in the world, two of the three best teams in the world, back to back? Like how much of a how much slack do you cut Arteta and Arsenal there? I, fuck the fuck the injuries and he's a terrible coach and they're still just like they look absolutely trash when they're playing. But shouldn't we give him a little bit of a break for that? Like Chelsea and City are two of are the two best teams in the world, in my opinion. Definitely two of the three best, according to basically everybody. I don't think that's even controversial at this point. So like that's going to skew the numbers. That's going to skew the performances. Is there? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, do we cut him any slack there? Yeah, I do know what you're saying. But there's there's been three matches, and one of them was against a newly promoted team, and I genuinely can't think of one positive across 270 minutes of football. I can't think of one positive, be it a player who's, you know, at least acquitted themselves well, that there was some sort of 
tactical thing I saw that I, that that offered me any hope whatsoever that there was some sort of adaptability <laughs> ability to roll with a punch. It just I haven't seen any positive whatsoever. So it's very hard to say oh well it's just because it was Chelsea it's just because it was Man City there, there was not a single positive mm. there, there are there are clubs Norwich equipped themselves better against Man City than Arsenal did that is true fair yeah I think <laughs> so very I, I, fair point. I mean I, I think it maybe if Arteta had just come in and we hadn't seen the last year in a bit yeah of him I still I still stand by like I don't think it's fair to him. Uh, I don't. Well, obviously he's he's a grown fucking adult, so he can make his own decisions. But yeah, and it's difficult to turn down that job. But I don't think he should have taken it first place. Like I think you're set up to fail, um, quite frankly, because of what's gone on at Arsenal previously. And they've you know since Wenger, they've they've not been able to recover from that because of just the way the club's been structured and it being about money or Cronky kind of draining the the club in that way. You know, I am conscious of that, but also when the performances just aren't there, like they were eighth last season and eighth unexpected. Yeah, yeah. So no, I I think he's a bad manager. I I have been saying that for like two or three like for seasons now. The man management side of it that's coming out now. If players are feeling ostracized, young players that he's meant to be bringing through and and supporting, like yeah, that's what Arsenal needs. Arsenal needs a, a rebuild. They need faith in, in the players they have and, and, and that's coming through and, and structured. So uh, it's just uh, baffling at the minute. And it, it, if if I was, I think if, if, if this situation exactly was coming, it, it was happening at my club, I'd be absolutely fucking livid. And, and that's without having a more successful recent frame of reference, if yeah, you see what yeah, I mean. Yeah. You don't think of yourselves as a big club. And I still see some Arsenal fans, man. No, I'm not even, you know what? Arsenal fans on Twitter, I'm not wasting my breath on them. They're fucking crazy. But they're still talking about how they're like one of the best teams in the world. And I'm like, get out of here. Because let me read their stats to you. Uh, this is a good place to bring those in. Zero goals scored. They're one of two teams in the league that have scored zero goals so far. That's even less than Norwich. Um, and less than Palace as of this weekend. Nine goals conceded, which is the second most. Norwich have conceded 10. Um, unexpected, they have the second worst expected goals. I won't say who was in last place, Chuck. But 1.9 expected goals. Uh, expected goals allowed, they are the worst with 8.0 expected goals allowed compared to 7 for Newcastle. Uh, all of this take with a big grain of salt because of the sample size, obviously. But And for expected goal difference per 90, they are at a negative 2. The next worst team is Newcastle Whee! at negative 1.1. They are negative 2 expected goals per 90. Like, fucking yeah. terrible. Yeah. Wowzers. <laughs> Do you think... Is, is that enough? Yeah, I think that's enough, yeah. Any word on well, City here? <laughs> is it enough, though? It's their worst start in, what, 67 years? Uh, 5.38 has currently got them uh, 7% to be relegated and 8% Ooh. to make the Champions League. So they've got a slightly <laughs> better chance of making the top four than they have been mm. fucking relegated. 20 to 1 for relegation as we speak. 20, 20 to, to 1. one. Oh, we'll see you at the Western Home Stadium next year. Come on. <laughs> Can they get relegated, relegated twice, mate? Fuck off. Chuck, did you make the same joke as me at the same time? Is that what just happened? Same joke, yep. same time. Yeah. Perfect. Love it. Love, love, love. Love, love, love. Uh, Although, technically, after losing 5 0, Arsenal are relegated. That's true. So, instantly, yeah. yeah. If it's 5, um, Arteta actually has to write a letter to Pep's mum and apologise for wasting <laughs> her son's yeah. time. 
Uh, no love for City. Last week we were like, ah, they beat a team that they should beat. Whatever, let's move on. So are we going to do the same thing here again? Yeah, they beat a team that they should beat. Let's move on. <laughs> okay, perfect. Let's move on then to uh, West Ham 2, Crystal Palace 2. hey Not West <laughs> Ham 1.2 to Palace is 0.7. Chuck, that's not even particularly a Burnleying. It's a 1-1 scoreline on XG and a 2-2 scoreline in real life. How are you feeling, man? Two fucking goals for Palace. Good. Very, very good. Um... An incredibly unexpected point. West Ham have been rampant um, recently. Watching the highlights, especially the first half, we would never really got into it. Um, Antonio played some really intelligent play. Uh, good hold up to, to put in four nails for the first. Um, but then obviously whatever Vieira said at halftime worked because he came out with a lot more fight, a lot more power, a lot more aggression. Men getting into the box, both goals, um, Gallagher took them obviously really, really well. But both times we had like five plus people in the box from open play. Like that's mad. That's something that I haven't seen in <laughs> God knows how long, even just having two players in the box. Um, so yeah, I was really, really happy with that, um, especially as... So Antonio's second goal, he took really well. Or oh, sorry, West Ham's second goal that was entered, blah, 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 blah. But I think Anderson probably should have done better there, got muscled off the ball. And, you know, that was that's kind of the first mistake I've seen between him and Gerhi, which after three games is, is, is pretty good. And Antonio's in incredible form. And so, I, you know, can't be too beat up about that. But the the chop... That, that Gallagher did to to shift what side the ball was on um, before he buried it in that space was incredible. Um, As well, because he Clint, went he went for the side of goal that was that looked like it was harder. Yeah, like he went yeah, for the, he really the near post and the goalie probably more should have had it covered there, but there anybody got it pinpoint after doing as you say that little turn. It was just oh, yeah, uh, really Cl- nice. Clinton, Clinton Morrison said he sent Craig Dawson so far the wrong way he had to buy a ticket to get back in, <laughs> uh, and I think it, I think it's true he did him. So you know that was incredible, and it and it's goals. It's it's what I wanted to see from um, Palace, and and we came close at the end as well to to winning it. Um, you know, West West Ham have, have been fantastic this year. I'd ne- absolutely bitten your hand off for a point um, there. So you know that's that's fantastic and a, and a good positive before the international break as well. Don't know what's happening with transfer deadline day as we talk. Uh, but it could you be guys have done the there. business though. Like, do you even need to make any more signings? You've done so much business this summer. So. Let's see. We just announced. Well, we announced Will Hughes from Watford um, just before the West Ham game, uh, so that's good for centre mid. And now it's kind of looking like striker potentially, Odson Edward from Celtic, unless that all collapses. Um, we like we said before, we were in for Inketia, but we don't think that's going to happen. Reese Nelson seems to have gone on loan to Feyenoord. Um, is that a depth signing? Would that striker be a depth signing, or is that like to replace Benteke in the lineup? Depth and competition, I would okay. say, um, okay. and age. You know, Mateta is on loan until the end of the year. We have an obligation to buy if he starts ten league games. Um, it doesn't look like they're going to let him make those starts because it doesn't look like they want to sign him. Um, I, I just think the way he plays isn't really set for for how Vieira wants to be um and you know Edward is like 23 I think he's 24 in January been playing for Celtic for like four or five years averages a goal every two games so that could be good obviously pinch of salt because that 
could have all not happened by the time this comes out. But that's that's the kind of thing we're looking for now. You know, we've we've reinforced with young players everywhere. Um, I don't think we've signed a player that was over 25 apart from the third third string goalkeeper now, uh, Remy Matthews. Michael Elise will be back after the international break, I think, or at least fully in training. Um, so that kind of gives us another winger option. And yeah, it's just good times. It's, it's really good times there. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with, with how things are going. And, you know, Vieira getting goals and a couple of points now keeps the media off the back again. Yeah. And a point against West Ham is no joke, man. West Ham are a good team. West Ham might be the really fifth are. best team in the league. I don't know. Ooh, That's a good this question. Is a, this is a huge U-turn from what you were saying last year, Oscar. You, you yeah, because they're because they look fundamentally different, and their numbers yeah. are pretty decent. So y- yes, it is a huge turn from last season. Okay, I just wanted to make sure give you a chance to no, no, say no, no, why. You are correct. Yes, they are a team worth knowing, even though they start mm. with a W this year. I'll say that <laughs> <laughs> they're improving really well. Like they've signed Zuma. That's all announced, so that yep. that feels a mm. bit of a problem for them at centre back. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know a lot about them, but um, Nikola Vlasic comes very highly recommended. I think they've signed him as well, um, and they're probably getting Lingard in now. I uh, don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, obviously, a bit with confusing at the minute. Yeah. What's going on with United? Yeah. Daniel James, as we record, is going to Leeds for thirty million. Um, <laughs> Although that might get hijacked, right? I heard that might get hijacked by someone else. By Everton, Apparently. yeah. But they'll, they'll, they'll all know this by the time we're done. <laughs> that's true. Yes, that's not interesting to the listeners. <laughs> all, we, all you have to do is just send the right tweet at the right time. That goes viral, and you're in every fan's fucking head. I've been on strings for about a month. I can't <laughs> wait for tomorrow to be over so I can just leave my phone alone well it doesn't matter um, all you need is the Cockney Campwell Conor Gallagher he's one of the Chelsea army <laughs> isn't he yeah he is yeah oh you guys do so well with former Chelsea midfielders yeah. or I guess on loan Chelsea midfielders uh partially yeah we've <laughs> we've had a mixed history we've had it we've had a Chelsea loanee every season since we've been up I think um they didn't start so does so everyone well, else think- in the league Chuck that's nothing to brag about <laughs> No, it's true, but and they always seem to wear number eight as well. So we had Loic Remy, he was injured. Bamford, oh, yeah. he was not good. Uh, Loftus Cheek did well, but then got injured. Batshuayi was good the first time, not the second time. And Conor Gallagher seems to have started off really well now as well. So yeah, you got to stop signing Chelsea strikers because our strikers are never good. <laughs> I know Tammy Abraham's done pretty well in Rome. Tammy Abraham's got like a goal and two assists already so I know that and did you see that goal it was fucking gorgeous oh my god Mourinho's having Boom. the time of his life over there beautiful free-flowing attacking football just like Mourinho's known for um <laughs> yeah. anyway uh are there uh, do I need to bring up any of the other 10 a.m matches here we had Brighton Everton or Newcastle Southampton and Norwich Leicester um I didn't watch any of those obviously because none of those are teams that I have interest in particularly Brighton, Brighton losing is good. Um, <laughs> sure, <laughs> always. <laughs> we we touched on it earlier with Richarlison, but the drama around the penalty was a bit... What was going uh, on there? Talk to me. I don't mm. know what you're talking about. Tell me about the drama around the penalty. So it's, it's second half, isn't it? And then uh, Everton already won up. Damari Gray scored a really lovely goal, who he's proven to be a great bit of business um, after going from Leicester to Leverkusen and then back into the league. Um, fantastic. He's taken a couple of goals really well now, but I digress. Um, Everton are play, playing the ball up, attacking. Defender puts a, a pass through as Coleman runs horizontal into the box and Coleman gets gets fouled by, um, insert Brighton player here, 
for, for the penalty. It it's, it's a penalty. Absolutely <laughs> I fine. I know it was Veltman because he's been in my fantasy football team doing fuck all. He comes on and two minutes later does that. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, I mean, yeah, I've told you a million times, but you won't listen. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> so anyway, they're going to take the penalty and Richarlison like, picks up the ball and won't give it to Calvert-Lewin. Like to the point where Calvert Lewin then stands back. Coleman, who is the captain, goes over telling him like it's not going to happen, and Andros Townsend goes up and like punches the ball out of his hands to give to Calvert Lewin. So and, like, childish. Richarlison's face is just like thunder, and even then, when Calvert Lewin scores, like uh, Richarlison runs with the celebration, but he's just like arms down, like jogging, like face like a horse has just done a shit on his foot, like. <laughs> And so mad. It was and, and insane. It really was. And, I didn't Rafa, understand it. I mean, there's there's all the talk of like PSG maybe coming in for him and uh, yeah, to, to replace Mbappe. And Classic, obviously, you know, Mbappe, Richarlison, same breath all the time. <laughs> uh, but we don't know, you know, if he is actually pissed off about the Brazil thing because he started to feature more and more for Brazil now. Um, and, and obviously international football is is huge. Um, but especially in Brazil, yeah. um, for those players, it really means a lot for them. So we don't know how that's affected him. But Rafa put an interesting spin on it. That he's like, well, no, it's good that we want to see the players competitive. And yeah, you want to you be competitive, mate, not fighting amongst themselves. <laughs> yeah. Like- yeah, that was just him putting a public face on it. He would have had him surely in the dressing room because that, that situation was ridiculous. I mean, if you've got a designated penalty taker, when does anyone else take penalty? When maybe they've won the penalty themselves six yards in front of goal Injured. and perhaps if if they're on a hat trick maybe and you're two nil, three nil up. If it, and it is completely the designated penalty taker's decision yeah. to make there. Like, absolutely. Yeah. If he wants to give it to you for like building your confidence yeah. or like scoring a hat trick. But no, nah, in that situation the game's still in the balance. Absolutely. You, yeah. You're not home and dry yet. I'm I'm the one who's scoring all the goals. I want my 30 grand goal bonus. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah. I, mean, I haven't got Calvert-Lewin in my fantasy football team, but I was very happy to see that penalty go in because I thought, you, you, you're being a total prick there. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, please don't miss it. Please don't fucking miss it. Not that it would have mattered because he hadn't done anything wrong, you know. But yeah, I was really pulling for DCL to bang that one in. So yeah. And, and you know, obviously, I also, by osmosis, hate Brighton. Thanks, mate. No worries. I, I pity them for being such underperformers, but I don't Pity. like them. So, you know. uh, not that I would have a strong opinion on any team below 10th in general anyway, other than Palace. Yeah, it's we beneath love Palace. you, isn't it? Beneath you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm an American and I'm from New York City, so we're like very cocky. Yeah. So it's not even like the lower divisions. I'm just getting closer and closer to like below sixth place. I don't care about the teams. Jesus um, Christ. <laughs> Ah, uh, it's a good thing I have a podcast. So let's move on to the biggest <laughs> game of the weekend. The first real title, you know, six-pointer, whatever, of the year. We had Liverpool <laughs> won, Chelsea won. Liverpool, uh-oh, Mr. Simpson, I think you need to cue the jingle. Ooh, they're better than they ought to be. Burnley of the week. That's right. Turns out Chelsea are the Burnley of the week because the XG scoreline was 2.7 to 0.8. So, you know, triple mm. RXG. No, I'm not having that. That's a Watfording <laughs> if ever I saw one. <laughs> okay. All right. A bit of both. Yeah. I mean, I guess we did Sorry. do 0.8 and put up one. No, because Chelsea performed to their numbers. 
Chelsea Fair performed enough. to Fair their enough. numbers. Le- Liverpool did not. I mean, yeah, you know, last time you called for this, I had to do the Burnley jingle in reverse. I'm not doing that again. <laughs> Does it, that is, I think, Emily's favourite moment ever in the history of the podcast, by the way. She still brings up that time you played the Burnley jingle backwards. It's, it was like... Yeah. Says a lot. Says the best a lot. thing ever. Um, I mean, talk to me, guys. You, you, you know, I always go, you let me go last. After Chelsea, I always throw it to you guys first to get the sort of unbiased opinion, unbiased take. Uh, obviously, the red card, the big story here, Reese's handball, dog so, uh, denial of a goal-scoring opportunity. What did you think of the red card? What did you think of the two performances? What did you think of the result? What are Any, any of your takes on this situation? So, um, it's a red card and a penalty. That's, yep. that's just it. Um, Fair enough. Rules are rules. Not you. Don't, I don't mean you. You deal with it. I know you've almost certainly come to terms with it because you're a rational human being. I just think, as in, in that situation, you move on. Uh, you've put yeah. your hand out there. Can you, have, it's can you mental... have a quick word with Chelsea Twitter, though? Oh, God. Don't get me started on Chelsea Twitter. It was a terrible week. I, I, I challenge that by saying every club it's terrible on Twitter every week. I think just Twitter's Fair. terrible. Yes, T- Twitter is just a terrible place. I hate it. I hate it so much. But yeah, it's 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 a handball. Like it took Anthony Taylor a second. He just looked over, saw an image, and went, oh, "Okay, red card." Um, and you you can't argue with that. And then obviously it does change the game a bit, and you don't necessarily get an insight there. However, it then leads to Chelsea defending for their lives and doing very very well, showing how well organized, well drilled they are, and you get a point from that situation. That's great you know, on balance of play of, of what actually happens in the world of variance and actuality and real life. You, you take that in that situation, you take any points you can get when you go down to 10 men. Um, and so, and you know, it's Chelsea didn't concede points to a title rival. It's my, is my honest take. Like I, you know, I'm sure you would have much, much preferred it to be three points, as as I'm sure Liverpool fans would. But I'd say Chelsea, Chelsea got the better result there than than Liverpool did. Fair enough, fair enough. What about you, Mister Simpson? What do you What are your thoughts on Liverpool one, Chelsea one, two point seven to zero point eight on XG? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a shame that the you know that the incident happened, which sort of destroyed the second half as a spectacle. Really, uh, apart from the fact that it was quite amusing to see Liverpool still not be able to uh, penetrate your box at all really uh, Chelsea kept them in to grow up grow up <laughs> I was giggling too Chuck thank you grow up thank you for that. <laughs> oh man like a bachelor party at a nun <laughs> convent <laughs> having a lot of trouble penetrating the box there so uh, what I mean is that they they were <laughs> surprisingly I thought kept to long range efforts all the time it was a yeah it was a weird one I think what so what what positives are there for Liverpool Van Dijk did pretty well against Lukaku there was a couple Mm -hmm. of times when he got turned but generally uh he did he did pretty well which is certainly not what uh obviously I didn't get to have a go at Arsenal about the uh Chelsea Chelsea result with them last week but I mean you know their centre-back what's his name um Mari. Mari, thanks, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I mean, yeah, just uh, put him up against Van Dyke and just look at the look at the ways Lukaku was dealt with. And I'm not saying, like, Van Dyke took him out of the game because that's not the case and obviously the Chelsea were down to 10 men, but he just dealt with him a lot better and it wasn't just, a, just the Lukaku show, you know. Uh, positives for Liverpool were Harvey Elliott. Is that his name? Um, he, he that's seems- a name. 
It's, it's a name, isn't it? If, it's a name. If, yeah, that'll do. Um, yeah, he was he was very good. He's been good a couple of a couple of times now. So I mean, that's a, that's a positive for him. Um, but I think they yeah they should have they should have done more to to get into in, into decent positions. Uh, in front of goal, and they just uh, they they struggled quite a lot. And Chelsea was so so defensively good. Um, it, it's what Tuchel sorted out first and foremost, wasn't it? And it's just it's just remained. It's it's going to be very very hard to break Chelsea down. And and that was yeah. that was what I th- I got from it, which is what we already knew really. But when it's a team like Liverpool, who you yeah. know you're gonna you, you I think we're up. Possibly in for an exciting title race because I expected Man City to get Kane or get Messi or get Ronaldo, and that hasn't happened. And while I think Tor- for Ferran Torres is very good and, and might be leaned on much more this season, I I think we're in for quite a good title race here. I think I think if Liverpool can close out the matches they're supposed to close out against lower opposition. Then I think they'll be all right. I think obviously Chelsea. If you don't concede goals, you don't lose games. Yeah, it could it could be really interesting. I think I think Chelsea did incredibly well. To it's a shame. That, I think the the one thing. Sorry, I'm rambling more than I usually do. But this is no, great. No, let's, I love let's it. hear it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I think the one thing that was not great about Chelsea was, and I don't want to sound like uh, Ted Lasso. I do want to sound like Ted Lasso, but um, it was the the. Lack of the extra ball. There was always a pass that should have happened that didn't. I think there was maybe four or five times I saw when there was either a bad decision was made, be it a shot or whatever. And uh, uh, it wasn't Brighton levels of bad decision making, but yeah, there was some slightly iffy ones. Yeah, I think that's all uh, very reasonable. I think I'm mostly with you guys in that this says, to me at least, this result says more about Liverpool than it does about Chelsea. Mm. Um, you talk about like results that they should get against ten men, and I even against Chelsea, but ten men at home for an entire half, and like they got six touches in our penalty area in the second half. Like if you yeah. look at the heat map, it's everything but the penalty area. Yeah, and like Liverpool are, if you're the fifth best team in the world, you should be able to break a team down that has ten men, even if they're defending with all ten men. You know, everybody talked shit about us when we beat Barcelona and Barcelona down to ten men, being like, oh, you got so lucky, you got so blah blah blah. And it's like, yeah, that's fair. Barcelona should have been able to beat us down. And this was similar. Like, Liverpool should be able to cut through that. And I do wonder to what extent the Liverpool, the Firmino injury in the first half played a factor here. Um, because Ooh. Firmino starting to me was a clear indication of they were expecting to have to pass their way through. Um, as opposed to knowing, thinking that like there would be much space in behind Chelsea. Um, Chelsea yeah. are generally pretty good at stopping that. So like that, that's why you would play Firmino over a Jota. Oh. Yeah, Firmino always plays against like the top six, though. It, it, it seems to be that's a thing. true. That's also true. Yeah, yeah, it seems to be a thing Klopp has of just if he's playing, if he's playing like those direct rivals, Jota seems to be on the bench. Firmino seems to play. You know. Yeah, you go with what you know too. Like that that front yeah. three did so much for them for so many years. So like that makes sense to me. But yeah, I don't know. That's not good looks for Liverpool. Like, and yes, they generated two point seven, but like again, at the end of the day, like I was saying with Chelsea, like. Fuck performances, fuck results. Like, I want the points. And if I was a Liverpool fan looking at that and they didn't get those points, I'd be so angry. I'm actually angry to switch over to the Chelsea side of it that we didn't get the points. Um, independent of the red card, talk about the red card. It was a handball. It's a bit harsh, but like once you, once that is a handball, then it has to be a red and a penalty. That's just the rules. 
No point complaining about referee shit. Sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't. It sucks. Um, I think we were decidedly the better team in the first half. I think we are I th- pretty clearly after this match um, a better team than Liverpool, full stop. I already thought that, but this was not like anything that dissuaded me from that opinion. But I'm pissed. I'm mostly pissed. I wanted three points and fuck going down to 10 men and fuck being at Anfield and fuck all that stuff. Like I said to you guys, I want wins. I want points. We're better than them. And the red card, like that was a bonehead move. He moved his hand towards the ball. Like it's hard. Maybe. Yeah, it it was instinctual. I mean, I, I'm fully. Yeah, it was a red. It it was a penalty because there's no there's no other thing you can do in that situation. Uh, you know, it's and the the, the idea that because I think it also exposes how much normal football fans don't know the rules because as you said, um, Chuck Anthony Taylor went over immediately saw it. You know, red card penalty, and fans were sort of on Twitter definitely immediately up in arms. And then about ten minutes later, when the rules had been dug up, everyone went, "Oh yeah, yeah, no, it, it mm. is right, yeah." And it just goes to freely, show, you know, freely, freely available as well. We've had this before in the past. Freely available. Go on the FA website. You can download the laws of the game as a PDF <laughs> on your phone and have them all there. Clears up all these issues that you can. That rather than just spewing bile on the internet, maybe just look up the information and then just have a go. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I thought they got rid of double jeopardy. Yeah, read the law. Read the Yeah, that was law. the thing. That was what everyone was saying. It was like, no, is it Hamble? He, he's got because it's, it's not dog so. It's, it's not. You know, Oscar, you said before dog so. Like, it's not a goal scoring opportunity. They denied a goal. That's simply put. Yeah, if the yeah, ball yeah, was yeah. going, like the ball you know was I mean? going so over the line. It's a, like, you know, it's. I bet Ireland fans probably wish Thierry Henry had had the same done to him. The bastard. He's never allowed. <laughs> never allowed in Dublin. Um, but I was admittedly one of those people online spending ten minutes being like, "What are the rules? I don't understand. Shouldn't this not be a red card? I'm really angry. I think." And like googling the rules and then like asking everybody, like, "Can you explain to me? Like, not sarcastically. Can you explain to me why is that a red card? I don't understand. <laughs> like." Um, But yeah, at the end of the day, like, I'm not going to sit here and whine about a red card. I think Chelsea played well, but like, fuck that, because I already know they're a good team and I'm one of the best teams in the world. I just wanted to win. Um, But it is pretty nice to go to Anfield, 10 men, keep them to a draw, I guess. Pissing off Liverpool fans is always a nice thing, but that's pretty much the summary of my take on that. Yeah, it's bittersweet. I can understand why you would have wanted more for the game beforehand, definitely. But, you know, you have to take points when you get it. Liverpool, obviously, just to, to kind of finalise and a touch on them, you know, with the Firmino injury, if it's anything long term, um, there are concerns about their strength and depth up front. They've managed to tie up a lot of existing players onto new contracts. I think Trent, Robbo, uh, Alisson, Van Dijk, uh, I think Jordan Henderson's in the type, like a lot throughout the spine. But they've also just, apparently their director of football has just quit, which on the day before... Uh, transfer oh, really? deadline day is quite worrying for them because he's obviously been quite a good operator and helped to build mm. that team that they currently have. So we'll what I, I have much space? bigger picture takes about Liverpool and their transfer strategy and their current situation with their squad and all that that I'm saving for next week. But cool. that is very interesting. Mm. Very, very interesting stuff. Um, shall we move on then to Sunday? Um, Newcastle concede a 95th minute penalty and Callum Wilson's injured for at least a month. Oh, actually, go back for a second. Speaking of injuries, the thing I'm most upset about is Conte. I, he did his ankle. It's the ankle that kept him in and out for an entire fucking season. Um, Everything goes back so to I Chelsea. I really, really, really hope that's not a long-term thing because that will <laughs> like really fuck our chances of title and like best team in the world and all that. So, 
What? It's just your just your annoyance, just this sort of simmering annoyance. I just like, you had to get that out. Like I'm really not in a good mood. Uh, let's go to Sunday then. Sorry, Chuck. I don't actually want to talk about Newcastle. <laughs> no, no, no. Just gonna just gonna steamroll that. It, no, it's good for me because then it's you know it's we play Newcastle soon. I think so. No, Callum Wilson is good. Great. There you go. All right. Let's go ahead and move on to Sunday then. We had Tottenham one, Watford zero, 0. 0.9 to 0.6. Uh, the only reason I'm bringing this game up is because Kane started. I didn't quite get to watch this one, but I do have his stats. He took one shot and had two key passes uh, and 0.1 XG. So not a terrible performance, but not a good one. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, but Kane, Kane's going to take like you know he's going to take time. He's he's come back. What he played a few minutes last week. Gets into this one. He's now going to go off back. He's going to play more minutes for England than he's played since, <laughs> since leaving the Euros and he's going to have played for, for Tottenham, for fuck's sake. Um, so I bet they're probably pissed off at that. You know, he's he put a, a pin in the in the saga, as it were. Um, conceded defeat um, and, and stayed after he realised that he couldn't just leave and is now asking for a pay rise or something i think um yeah because that's how <laughs> that's how loyalty bonuses work mate but luckily son son's there just to to keep picking it up i mean spurs three games three wins three clean sheets um you know nuno doing what jose couldn't and you know i'm quite glad that my prediction of last week that like not thinking spurs are going to go crazy um, aren't going to score high and get rid of Sun from my fantasy football team worked really well. <laughs> so yeah, I, th- I think Nuno's doing quite a good thing building solidity there. When when none of us would have would have expected that, you would never predict yeah. Tottenham being top of the league. Um, three wins. Yeah, shout out Tottenham top of the league, Arsenal bottom of the league. That's the first time that's ever happened. Exactly. Mind the gap. Jeff Pedder, <laughs> take a moment, buddy. Enjoy that. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, that's that's good things. It's I wonder. I know it's very early days, but I wonder if Nuno at Spurs becomes one of those managers where it's like you can put up with it when the results come. But if the results don't mm. come, how long before someone calls for his head? Just putting it out there, not saying that I <laughs> I've seen specifically that because you know that's that's performing well. But I mean, you know their their numbers are quite extreme considering they haven't conceded a goal, I think, Oscar. Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. They are the only team that has not conceded a goal so far this season. Wow. What's their unexpected goals allowed? Bound, 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 sound of the underground. Uh, let me pull up FB ref by XGA. They are somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle. <laughs> Brilliant. I can't, I'm not going to count. It's like literally Three, the middle 3. of the middle. 3.9. They're meant to have conceded, meant to, quote unquote, as much as you can, 3.9 goals and they've conceded none with a defense of Dyer, Sanchez. Anyway, uh, mad, <laughs> good things. Clearly good vibes playing against Watford. I think your concern about things deteriorating, though, is exactly right. Because last, like, it was only a year ago that everyone was talking about, oh, Kane and Son, the greatest midfield and striker pairing in the history of the league. They're going to score 700 goals this year. Like, And then Mourinho was fired by the end of the year. So, like, things can turn <laughs> around real fucking fast over there. Mm. Yeah, true. It was a it was a weird one as well because it it, it really started a mile a minute. It was end to end stuff immediately, and I think that's why Kane certainly his numbers might seem a bit a bit anonymous there because it was fast paced and you know the guys had a break obviously and hasn't trained that much because he hasn't turned up. So um, it's yeah, it's going to take Kane a couple of games to get back into it. 
Um, yeah, and even at peak fitness, like Kane in a fast game is not going to work yeah, out as well, well as Kane exactly. in a slow game. Yeah. Like, that's why Kane works in City, but not as well in other clubs. Because um, just like physical limitations on his body. Yeah, it'll be interesting though, because the, the attacks seem to have some pace and running about it. I mean, so I, I'm really pleased Ali's sort of back into the fold because yeah. I like him as a player. I really like him as a player and he's fun. He's yeah. dynamic, you know, and it was it was it was fun to watch Son and Ali running off each other. Um Reguion was getting involved as well. It was it yeah. was all good stuff, you know. It was just the fact that Kane was a bit of a <laughs> the statue around which it was all happening because he's just not up to up to pace yet. And as you say, he's not the paciest player anyway, you know. So it'll be interesting to see how it develops. Do you think maybe there's an element not to make it too much about the Kane saga as well, because I think it's it, it's not necessary at this point. We kind of have to move on at, at some point. And Nuno obviously did a really good job of working with that when everything was going on. And obviously he has to come into a new squad and build uh, a bit of unity and a bit of teamwork. And you're seeing that. And maybe then there's an element of Kane, not consciously, but you know, him being a little bit ostracised from that, perhaps, just because players aren't used to being there or he doesn't feel quite at ease with kind of what happened and maybe feels a bit like he's, you know, got his tail between his legs, potentially. Well, his big fucking announcement was also very, very carefully and specifically worded to, I'm staying this summer. Like, he didn't even stay, I'm staying this season. He was like, I'm staying yeah. for the next three days until the window's closed. And then I guess in January, we'll revisit this conversation. Um, so yeah, I mean, I could definitely see why, like, behind the scenes, we don't know this. This is obviously pure speculation, but I could definitely see behind the scenes, like, mm. some of the other players, everybody's just kind of feeling awkward about it, because it's like he's got one foot out the door. Um, but let's move on then to our last game that we're going to talk about, and that is the other candidate for Burnley of the Week, but I would have, I felt that it would have been a bit churlish not to give it to Chelsea here, out of my homerism bias, but... <laughs> Burnley of the Week! <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> We had Wolves 0, Manchester United 1. Wolves 1.8 to United's 0.6, according to the FB Ref XG scoreline. Um, fucking United suck, man. No, they don't. Uh, Sancho started here, which was scary. I was genuinely scared when I saw Sancho in the starting lineup. And then they were they were not good. And, like, if Wolves could finish even a fucking little bit. Oh, their Wolves are the even if Brighton they could just year. finish a starter. Just, uh, you know what I mean? Like a side dish. You don't even need to finish the whole meal yet, but fuck. Ah, what the hell, man? Traore look good, though. The beefy boy. Those thighs, man. Oh. Those thighs really stand out when he's running oh. around. The oily Adonis. Oh, so good. Imagine if he worked out. Just imagine how attractive he would be if he worked out. Just just oh, pure uh, natural genetics, that man. Yeah. <laughs> right? The right? glutes on him. Oh. Yeah. He makes me have feelings. <laughs> Lots of them in very wow. different places. <laughs> um, yeah, very, very much a, an individual quality shines through, um, and you know, foul in the build-up that wasn't given for some reason, or United didn't play it out when Wolves had done similar for a United injury earlier in the game that leads to Mason Greenwood being being on absolute fire. Mister XG himself wasn't even that good of a shot. Fucking Wolves keeper should have saved that. It was at a hard angle, so like admittedly, mm. it was it was good to get it on target. No, no, you're angle. right. It was pretty poor. He should, he should have saved it. Definitely, I'm not even sure it was necessarily a shot, was it? It just seemed. Uh, the pace it was hit with makes me think so. It makes think? me think okay. it was a shot. I wasn't yeah. sure. I wasn't sure. He had a little look across goal before he did yeah. it. I wasn't sure, but fair enough. 
It is based on Greenwood, so you can never tell either way. He just <laughs> accidentally exactly. scores all the time. He's tying his shoelaces and he gets a goal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's you say that about his keeper, but, you know, XG differential for 90. Jose Sarr is the fifth best keeper in the league. Um, I know it's not saying much at this early stage, but considering they've lost three games. Um, yeah. Yeah. Blimey. Yeah. You know. That's 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 quite good. And I just think it's it's got to be that something needs to click. And I wonder if that's, you know, them changing after Nuno because we see how Nuno is playing at Spurs and there was a lot of that. They had to play that way last year because they didn't have Jimenez, um, Fabio Silva, Podence, you know, who they did have up front just weren't clicking in that way and they weren't scoring goals. And it does very much seem like uh, Bruno Large wants to play that way. He wants to play fast. You know, luck. thank God he's got the fastest man in the world um, <laughs> able to just ghost past anyone. Um, he did make Luke Shaw his pitch a couple of times. I did say that. So <laughs> called that one. Bad vibes. Luke Shaw and bad vibes. <laughs> Luke Shaw, no vibes. Um, they need a goal. Um, and I'm surprised that the same criticisms are not thrown at them as were thrown at my team obviously before this week and Vieira because it's a similar situation new manager comes in needs to change around from not necessarily particularly bad or toxic situations but needs needs to bring something new in right and so you know Wolves have had Jimenez back um he hasn't looked quite the same player as as what he was before you know I remember him as being quite a ruthless finisher and you you just wonder how much the the injury that he had which was you know a terrible one a potentially career-ending one um, how much that is still playing on his mind at some times whether he's just having that extra half a second of hesitation that's leading to him not quite getting to the ball and not quite being able to control it or do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're exactly right. This, to me, seems like one of those situations where even people who are anti-stats intuit that XG is a thing and exists. Um, well, you know, one of those, like, oh, they had the better run of play, they should have won, the 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 chances didn't go the way or whatever, because, like, I think you, you ask, like, why, do, why aren't people talking about Wolves like they were about Palace and all that? Like, Wolves have put up 4.3 XG. That's only 0.3 less than Chelsea, and that's more than Tottenham. Like, Wolves are, are creating stuff, and people can see that, even if they don't know in their heads, like, oh, this is what XG means, this is a metric, they have 4.3 of it. Like, you cannot know anything about XG, and you can still understand that, like, Wolves have done enough to have scored a bunch of goals here, and they just haven't. Whereas Palace, like, I'm, I'm not trying to shit on your team, but, like, they're not generating chances to that rate, right? Like, Palace are nowhere near that level of XG, and so I do, do think that that's part of the narrative here. Yeah, but more more goals and points, mate. So, you know what I mean? Fair enough. Um, mainstream media as well is very reticent still about XG. You know, it, it comes in and they they use it. A lot of them are using very basic models as well. Like the match of the day model had, for example, Palace at like 2 XG in that game. Um, Understat has us at like 1.7 and FB ref, which I'm sad to say we're using is the most reliable one this year, was what, like, point zero point seven zero point eight yeah yeah zero point seven exactly yeah so i'm a bit annoyed at that because i wanted to you know at least win the xg battle <laughs> but you know i take points <laughs> so i don't know if there is that i i for me it may be my bias i just think it's the lazy comparison with frank de Boer pro previously but anyway i don't want to go back to talking about my team um we you wonder if this will be another brighton situation where they don't catch a break um, and this is just the tale of what, what their season's going to be, or mm -hmm. 
if some teams are about to have the absolute hammer put down on them. To what extent do we think this is a, a Jimmy thing, a Raul Jimenez just being back from having a broken skull, fractured skull, he just came back. Mm. He's wearing that weird headband, which I'm assuming is skull-related, um, because it looks too yeah, thick to just be padded. like a win. Yeah, it's like padded, exactly. Um, and, you know, I remember with Czech, I, I could be projecting, like, this could be pure narrative. I don't have any data to back this up, but he seems hesitant to me. To be like really getting into some battles, especially header battles, for obvious reasons. Mm. And I remember when Czech came back from his fractured skull, he never looked the same coming for crosses ever again. Like that just became a weak point in his game for the rest of his career. And I wonder if part of this is like Raul Jimenez. Like he's he is an amazing striker and he was their talisman for a long time. But yeah. coming back from a fractured skull is a scary thing. And like if he's not putting the chances away, but he is their striker, then like that's obviously going to go a long way towards... Their XG being... It's a combination of, it. you know, Jimenez's last full season with Wolves, he was involved in 23 of their 51 goals. So nearly 50%. And he also had Diogo Jota playing for, for Wolves at that time, who we've yeah. seen since he's gone on to Liverpool, just being so creative as well. So they, they lost their main, main avenue of goals and creativity. So... I think it's going to take it's it's got to take time. Um you know their their fixture run is about as good as you can get um for what they need if they are going to put you know lay the smackdown on teams because you know they've got Watford, Brentford, Southampton, Newcastle, Villa, then Leeds, Everton, Palace, West Ham, Norwich, Burnley and then it's not till the 4th of December and they play Liverpool. Uh, that wow. they've got a, a top four team. So what's that? Eleven games, ten, eleven games in a row. So that's where all your good fixtures went. Now we know we found them. <laughs> <laughs> so they fell down the back of the sofa. Oh, we found them. So you know, if it's going to happen for them, it's going to be it's going to be soon. If if Traore can just get fucking anything of an end product, like just anything, he would be below the or category. Like. Dude, just, just he he does these amazing runs. I don't want to get stuck on this. We should move on very soon. But fuck, like how many times does he make a run, a dribble, a speed, and then he just boots it into the second level of the stands as the last thing? He's getting better because because he's realized that he's fast enough that he can get through in such little space that he, he doesn't need to play those crosses. He can just run around the man and ghost into the box. And so he's creating those chances just... Jimenez, someone else needs to be in there. I think Wolves need to get a bit more aggressive into the box so that literally when he is playing that pass, there are just more people that even if he can't aim, there's just a higher percentage chance of it being yeah, yeah, someone yeah, yeah. someone wearing old gold uh, rather than a defender in there. So, yeah, it's interesting. Do you, anything to say about United? No, I, they weren't that good. <laughs> That's it. Uh, Sancho made his debut and he wasn't as good as I was afraid he would be, but it's one game, so, you know, who knows? I think he'll probably have the same as Havertz, take a little bit of time to get going. and That makes sense. That would make sense to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it for the football, really, uh, which I think means that we will be covering uh, the transfer window and your listener questions next week in our special international break episode, uh, which I think pretty much means it's time for just go straight to the quiz, if I'm not what? mistaken. Well, maybe, but the real quiz is, is apparently uh, what I said about Palace getting odds on Edward. He's got his medical book tomorrow. So, um, oh, hey. good times. Which means it's time for... <laughs> quiz. Um, this week, yes. brought to you by... Bravo, sir. Very nice. Elephant-shaped musical piano and metal xylophone. Um... <laughs> 
Right, gentlemen, it is straight question and answer for this week as I pick up my questions. Apologies, I completely forgot I had to do it. Um, so banged this one out today. So standard question and answer. Uh, some of the answers you've already achieved during this podcast, so congratulations. Um, please score yourselves honestly and uh, realise what's going on. So we will start with a really simple question. Who is the top scorer in the Premier League so far this season after three game weeks? Bonus point for goals. Number of goals. Why not? Question two. Who has the most assists and how many? Okay. Question three. Which goalkeeper has the most clean sheets and how many? We are, we are. by the way, listeners, me and Ian are still here. We're just like very much concentrating on our yeah. answers. Yeah, no, he'll just, edit out, he'll just edit out the silence. It's fine. Yeah, 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 I know. But like neither of us has said anything in a while. So it's like... Ian, put a bed in for the quiz. Can we put a beds in for the quiz? Uh, yeah, well, I can do it now. The advert one. Yeah, because yeah. we're not getting sponsored again anytime soon. Thanks for not using our code, dickheads. <laughs> Mop 20 in the store. Um, question four. Four goalkeepers are tied for the most saves this season. Can you name those four goalkeepers and how many saves have they made? Point point for each goalkeeper and a point for the closest to uh, the saves. That assumes that I know the name of, fa- of four goalkeepers. <laughs> <laughs> I love this music. It's almost like a Grand Theft Auto loading screen. Question five. Two teams have scored zero goals. Can you name them? You should be able to. And for a bonus point, how many goals have they scored? <laughs> I think I can get that one. Sure, right. why not? Yep. Yeah. Question six is a mini bluffer. Oh my god. Hey. Oh so a mini a mini one-shot bluffer. Uh bid between you really quickly. Seven teams in the league are currently unbeaten. How many can you name Oscar? Four. Five? Oh, Oscar, can you go six? Uh, maybe, but I don't think Ian can do five, so I'll let him take it, because I really need some points in this, this <laughs> trivia this year. I'm not doing well, so... Ian, let's have your answers, and you'll get a point right away. Okay, uh, I went five, didn't I? So, uh, Tottenham. Ding. West Ham. Ding. Chelsea. Ding. Uh, Liverpool. Ding. Um, and Man United. Ding. Well done. Very, very nice. well done. So Oscar gets zero points for that question. Ian gets one. Other two teams you were missing were Everton and Brentford. Oh, blimey. Okay. Mighty, mm. mighty Brentford. Yeah, I, I would have had them. That would have been the sixth one. Oh, I didn't think of them. Bloody hell, yeah. Yeah, we, uh, win and two draws, I believe. Question, uh, the next one. Which team is the overperforming their XG the most? Overperforming their XG the most. Overperforming their XG the most. Hmm. Do you want to do, do, do a point for uh, how close to the actual number of overperformance yeah, you are? Yeah, go yeah. on. Then. Give us that then as well. Who is the most underperforming for their XG? Who is underperforming their XG the most? And how much XG have they generated? Okay. Question nine. Yeah? Yeah. Um, who... Who is overperforming their expected goals allowed the most. So that is who has conceded the least goals versus their expected goals allowed. And then the last one is which team has the worst defence and what is the difference between their 
expected goals allowed and actual goals allowed. God, it's tough, man. <laughs> um, the numbers yeah. are obviously just closest for all of them, so one of you will get a point, or both of you can. Answers! The current Premier League top scorer is, of course, Mikhail Dirty Dancing Antonio. Yes! With four goals. Uh, four goals. I said five. <laughs> Ian, what did you say? Antonio and four at fantasy football legend. So, bonus point goes to Ian. Two for Ian, one for Oscar there. Who has the most assists? It is Paul Pogba. And he has five. Oh, obviously. Duh. Of course it is. Has five. Four in the first I, game. I said five. Do I get the bonus point for saying five, even if it's the wrong player? Yeah. Ian, did you say five? I didn't. I didn't get either of them. I actually went Antonio again because I thought he'd had a few assists, but I totally forgot about Pogba's four. I believe Antonio's had three assists. That's what I had. Okay, fine. Ugh. I went for Grealish, which I know is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> why Why do you do it to yourself? Um, most clean sheets was, of course, Hugo Lloris, yeah. and he has three. Yep. Maths, you should yep. have both got that, surely. Yep, I Brilliant. did get both of those. Uh, right, Oscar, name your four goalkeepers. I said Burnt Leno, Vincent Guaita, Edward Mendy, and someone named Meslier, who I know from Fantrax. <laughs> <laughs> so... You got one out of four correct, which is Ilian. And I said ten saves. Ten saves. It was eleven, so let's see what Ian's got. Ian, who are your goalkeepers? So I had Meslier. One. uh, Lloris. Two. De Gea. No. No. And Mendy. No. No. So I had two then, and I only got nine saves. So. so, bonus point then to Oscar, but Ian gets two for his goalkeepers. Uh, they were Hugo Lloris, Ilian Meslier, Nick Pope of Burnley, and oh. Jose Sarr of Wolves. Ah, shit, you mentioned him as well. Some of those are people I've heard of. And it was 11 saves, 11. Uh, teams that have scored zero goals, of course, Wolves and Arsenal. <laughs> two points, surely. Yep, uh, the yep, next yep. question was the bluffer. Uh, excuse that was me. Point t- Three points because I also put down that they scored zero goals for the bonus. <laughs> okay, I will, yeah, ta- three I will be each. taking that third point. Thank you very much. Sure, no worries. Ian, you've got the third point as well. Um, <laughs> Ian then obviously got the point for the bluffer. The team that is most overperforming their XG is West Ham United. Um, um, and then what did I ask for? The difference. I think I asked for the difference, didn't I? They are overperforming. I said they're plus four. You said plus four? Yeah. Ian, what did you say? Well, I said Man United, but plus two. Oh, well, Oscar gets double points then because it's West Ham and they are overperforming by four. Ooh, I did not say West no. Ham, for the record, to be clear. <laughs> I said Man City. Plus I said plus four, but I didn't say Man City. See, I'm getting all the numbers points. <laughs> okay. I really should um, listen to what you're saying. Uh, um, yeah. <clears throat> anyway, underperforming their XG was, of course, Wolves. Wolves yep. is the answer there, and they are supposed to have scored 4.3 goals. Oh, so, nailed it. Ian, what have you got? I said Wolves and 4.5. Oh, and that's rough. Oscar? Wolves 4.3. I'll even hold it up oh, to my camera. motherfucker. Oh, Brilliant. Well so, played, mate. Two points to Oscar, one point to Ian. Uh, overperforming their expected goals allowed, uh, so the best defence is Tottenham. Um, they are supposed to have conceded 3.9 I said 4.1 and Ian 
Uh, well, you, I mean, I think you went on both counts because I stupid. Yeah, I went Man United and I said they should have scored. Uh, should have laid five. That's poor. Yeah, okay, I think so you went on both counts. Two, two points to Oscar. No points to Stimson there. And which team is most underperforming or has the worst defence? And that is Norwich City. Uh, and they are underperforming by four. I said minus three. I said minus three as well, and I had Wolves. And you had Wolves? Yeah, I was I, at that point, my mind had turned to mush. I was okay, just Okay, so you, you both things. get one point for minus three. So, top up your scores. Oscar, what did you get? Fifteen. Oh, it's a, it's a resounding victory. I got twelve. Oh, Ian, play Oscar's music! Oh, I thought we were going to switch it to New York, New York. I fucking hate Bruce Springsteen. Every, oh, sorry, every, yeah. Every we time Bruce Springsteen. He's even got a button for it. It's up hey. to you. <laughs> I hey. did have it. Sorry, mate. Hey. New York. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And it was 16 points, by the way, not 15. I counted wrong. <laughs> well, because you got him at that point for zero. Um, congratulations, yeah, exactly. Oscar. <laughs> That's right. He has broken his duck. And he is now <laughs> off the mark with, and it's two to one to Stimson in the quiz. We'll have another uh, one. I'm pretty sure I won the quiz last week. Thank you very much. Oh, just because it was a no-show. Come on. This is your no-show. Uh, I don't know if I have the energy to keep this up. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I know Fair we enough. were saying about it earlier, but I don't think I can commit to it, um, admin. So we'll have another Ooh. quiz next week. Uh, we won't discuss fixtures because it's international break. Ooh. But next week, we will be back discussing the transfer window, who we think won it, who we think lost it, um, who's kind of built up quite a good one. And what is the other one? Oh, questions. List of questions from you. A little bit of a mailbag. We've got a few saved up. So say goodbye, Mr. Oscar Puente. Goodbye. Say goodbye, losing to West Brom, Ian Stimson. cheers yeah bye and thanks as ever to our patreons and specifically our producers nate whittam and johnny worthington join us patreon.com forward slash miles offside pod bye bye